everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 17th episode of Riverdale Season 4, Wicked Little Town. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I'm joined by my Hedwig, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how's it going? I don't even know what that means. Great. While you're thinking about that, we're also joined by my Crookshanks, <laughs> Hannah Elam. Is that a Harry Potter reference? Oh, that Just was a little Harry Potter joke for y'all here. I know nothing so about Hedwig. Bad. So here's the thing. We're back with the musical episode. And before we even get into it, I would just like to rank real quick. Out of the three musical episodes we've seen, which one has been the worst? Hardest to get through. This, this one's one. the worst. They get worse every okay. time. The first one was the best <laughs> one, and it was very bad. The second one was worse, and this one was even worse. And the rage that I feel in my heart that they keep subjecting me to this bull is... So unbelievably just annoying and bad. And like, I've said a lot of episodes of Riverdale felt like a fever dream. But I think this one more than any other, because not only was it crazy, but I also don't remember it. Okay, so here's my thing about it. I I had a note about halfway through that I was like, it's not shocking, but you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit for some of the montages slash musical numbers. But overall, like, it, it, it was enjoyable for like the first half for me. Like, I love the cinematography and the setup of shots for me personally. But then once we hit Origin of Love, I was a rage monster and hating everything. <laughs> and I was just like, this episode is terrible and we can't go back from it because this happened. Like, if Riverdale hadn't already jumped the shark like three seasons, seasons ago this would be the point where it jumps the shark so i mean like of the three musicals the carrie musical or carrie the musical heathers and then hedwig i pretty much knew nothing about all of them going into it i knew one song from heathers and so that was closest and my knowledge of hedwig is pretty much like the description of the tagline and the fact that neil patrick harris and darren chris were in it and that's all that i know so i had i didn't have a whole lot to go off of i knew that the songs themselves I wasn't gonna be like ah these were good versions of the song or these were bad they just sound like Riverdale I went back and I watched like some songs from actual Hedwig and some performances of Neil Patrick Harris wow you did research on this Okay, so what happened was I was talking to uh, a friend of ours, but not friend of the pod, Sam Moore, because he's never going to watch Riverdale. And I was like, that Hedwig Hedwig episode was so bad. It was so bad. And then he was like, yeah, I listened to one of the songs on this article and they ruined it. Like Hedwig is like rock music. It's like a little dirty, like heavier music. And they made every single song into like a super sanitized pop version of the song. And they were, like, heavily auto-tuned. Yeah. So heavily auto-tuned because none of them are strong enough singers for this level of music. They just aren't. These are not Broadway performers. Yes. Like, they're Especially not. in the, like, angry oh, rock yeah. ballads oh. that they have in here. It was really hard to listen to. Well, yeah. To. So it's like I understand why they made it more poppy because they could at least kind of get their voices to fit it. But, like, they brutalized every single Hedwig song they sang. The sh- episode didn't really have a plot. I think what makes this one the hardest to get through for me is the fact that it deviates the most from the other two that were at least under the guise of like we're performing a musical and so the songs it's like okay suspend your disbelief a little they're walking through the halls but like whatever they're still doing a musical. Okay but for this 
uh, I think two of the songs were performed in a like, hey, we're performing this in an appropriate setting. And all of the other songs were just sort of fever dream kind of situations, which made it like not not as fun for me to watch. So which songs were performed in an appropriate way? I would like to well, know. I mean, the one that they sang at the end in in uh, the speakeasy. And I would give like close credit to the one that Kevin sings in school when he's performing. Uh, I don't know what that song was. I wrote them down in my notes. We'll get to them when we get to them. Unlike the other people here on this panel, on this podcast, I am always a big fan of musical episodes of things in general. We're all relatively big musical fans of the genre. Actually, I don't know about Kirsten, but like oh, I know I'm Pam a, and I'm, I. No, I'm a huge okay. musical fan of good musicals right. with people who can actually sing. We have talked multiple times about Legally Blonde the musical on this podcast. Yeah, which Check is an incredible musical. Season one, episode 11 that I recently released. <laughs> That's only like nine months late, but <laughs> we talk about it in there as well. But I mean, like back in my Disney Channel days, it was one of my favorite things when they would do the musical episode of Disney Channel shows, which they pretty much did once per show. It wasn't really a seasonal thing, but like there's a musical episode of uh, Even Stevens. There's one of Hannah Montana. There's one of Sweet Life, Zack and Cody. Like they they did this. This was a uh, probably, probably That's a Raven probably had one. The Even Stevens one is my favorite that sticks in my head. But see, but that one is a fever dream. It, it is, but it's kind of supposed to be. I don't know. Right. I, I like it. It's yeah, all like I, circumstances. So I like those. Right. And so th- those are fun when it's like, okay, we're taking a step back. It's just one episode. And Riverdale, I do appreciate that they sort of have brought that back. That being said, the songs themselves, I think part of it is the fact that when Disney Channel did it, they wrote original songs for their characters and for their show and for their like talent. Whereas here, they're ripping off musicals that I know I spoke a lot about this in Heather's. They changed the lyrics to make them meet more PG. This is a thing that because this is on the CW, the like way they speak and the lyrics themselves have to be PG to PG-13, but the way that they're going to like act and dress is much more sexualized. Uh, I know we talked about that a lot with Heather's with like, they changed the candy store lyrics, but then made the dance much more sexual, so. Okay, so something that I've learned recently is like one of, I don't know if it's a head writer or like a main writer, I don't know. One of the like big writers on Riverdale also wrote like a couple of episodes of Glee. And yes. so I think that that feeds into them wanting to do sexy teen musical type episode. It just, if they had done this one time, I'd be like, okay, I don't like the episode, but whatever. It was a one-time thing. But for them to do this three times now, three times, are they getting good reviews on these episodes? I don't think so. So they're just, it's like self-indulgent. This one guy is like, I love musicals. So this is just going to be where we do it for us. And we don't care if it's a good episode or if people like it. Do they think that this is good work? Because it is not. It is bad. And we are living in a bad world right now. And the last thing I need is for my TV to also be bad. So I just was searching for this. And yeah, the, the head writer and creator, Roberto, is uh, is the person you're thinking of. I just found an article from BuzzFeed, which is Teen Ways, Riverdale, and Glee are basically the same show. <laughs> so I'm scrolling through that now. Um, I agree with a lot of this. Yeah, the first 13 episodes of both shows were, were pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the characters all date each other. Choni equals Britanna. 
We should maybe link this BuzzFeed in our uh, our show notes. Yeah, I might do that. They use the power of musical performances to heighten the drama. And that's not just like music. That's like, uh, you know, anytime that there is a speakeasy slash fight scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like I was. So when I was talking to Sam about this, I was like, oh, you're mad about this? Hold on. And then I sent him the clip of when they sing. Um, is it Jailhouse Rock that they sing during the football game yes. in the prison? I sent Probably. him that scene and he was like, what is wrong with you? And then I sent him the scene from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina where the cheer squad sings It's Tricky by Run DMC, which is like one of the most appalling things I've seen on television in my life in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season three. And it's I'm just seeing it's a pattern of behavior. And Roberto, if you're listening, this is an intervention. OK, <laughs> OK, sorry. I'm just still <laughs> scrolling through this article. Number 12. Both shows get real weird about hallucinations. I don't it's remember true. the hallucination in Glee. But on Glee, it's with the dentist on the first Britney oh, episode when they oh, go to get the right. laughing gas on purpose. And the puppets in season uh, five or six, whatever okay. that is. Oh, yeah, the puppets were weird. Oh, Lord. Okay, back one to the thing, show. One thing for me is that when I am viewing entertainment, even if other people are like critiquing it harshly or other things, I am there just to be entertained. And so that's where like I just sat back and was relaxing you know, I I may have had a glass of wine while I was watching and I was like, you know what? This, you know, I can get behind this. And then like I said, it was it was it was pretty much the fight song going into Origin of Love. I was just like, oh no. I yeah, that's right. Like, oh, I that, cannot that my enjoy this. Point. That was my yeah. turning point for sure. So we have a lot of other talking points to get to, but let's just jump into the episode. We're gonna go chronologically. We're gonna start off with a jughead voiceover where we can all say, Hey, look, the videotapes are back. No, we called okay, it. but see here they're back, but they're not really back, and that and it's just I don't know. It was well, we weird. still don't know anything about them. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're right. back yes. in the show, as in this is going to be a plot point for the remainder of the season, which is what we did predict. I think it's just one more episode. Is it more than that? I mean, I think it was probably intended to be more than one episode, and then now it's only going to be one episode. The rest of the show, you mean? No, no, no season four. R- right. Oh yeah. Do we there's have any two? Full there's two more episodes at least that have on been filmed. IMDb. Uh, I'm just looking on imdb i mean originally i know that imdb had said or uh wikipedia had said that they were definitely going up to at least 22 episodes oh, okay but yeah, like, given, obviously that's yeah. not happening anymore right so yeah. I, I think there's a lot of questions of should they just sort of wrap up the season and actually try to get an ending to it editing wise or should they just end season four where it ends and like i don't know spend the first couple episodes of season five being what the end of season four would have been i think that would have been fine yeah i think it's tricky like the other thing to f- look at as well is that we are also looming on the the verge of a writer's strike in Hollywood so even though, like shows are not in production right now stuff is ending early all of that because of like the pandemic but then once everything is back up and running there's a not uh, like there is a chance that then there will be a writer's strike and then we will still get no new scripted shows for a while hmm. that's definitely possible also the the weirdest part here I guess is the cast members mostly Ski Ulrich and and Marisol Nichols, who said that they were not coming back for season five yeah. if their storylines or their characters do not get wrapped up this season, because maybe that was going to happen in the last couple episodes. So that's just some things to think about. 
but we're just going to take it one step at a time, starting with this episode. So Jughead voiceover. It was over. The evils of Stonewall prep had been vanquished and life in Riverdale more or less picked up where it had left off. But at its heart, Riverdale was and is a wicked little town. So no one was surprised when a third round of sinister videotapes was delivered to our doorsteps. So since this is an audio podcast, people do miss out that when Mary is speaking the Jughead voiceover, she has a very serious face and the eyebrows really give you more of the detail behind the voice. So I just wanted to have that image in people's minds if you want to go back and listen again. For the entire pre-show, Mary put on her makeup. And now I know why. Because she had because she had to make a sultry face while she did the Jughead voiceover. Yeah, with my, you know, 0.3 megabits per second upload speed. I'm sure you can see that. Hey. My three pixel video. Anyway, so uh, they all sing Wicked Little Town. Everyone. The whole cast. Every, like literally the whole town. Yep. Like Pops is singing. Singing. Reggie, Sweet Pea, Fangs, Kevin, Sweet Random Pea's back. I don't remember. Sweet Pea's back. Has he been I back? I don't remember if we already announced that. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been back last episode, but Sweet Pea's back. That's fun. There's, so there's a clip where the full Cooper Jones family uh, is singing, and that clip was actually on Lily's Instagram or Twitter or something like that, where she was filming from her phone on the table. That's a fun clip to watch if anyone's interested in some behind the scenes, uh, just to see how they sing along. They're pretty much just mouthing along to their lines. They don't actually appear to be really singing, but... But it's... Well, they weren't... Were they singing in the songs? I don't know. Very low skeet all rich singing is is bizarre. (laughs) At one point, they sang the song into a recording to be used for the show. Then that recording was auto-tuned to hell. And then they lip-synced along to that. When I found out that Zac Efron did not sing for High School Musical 1 and it was Drew Seeley, that's when my whole world came crashing down and I realized that singers are a bunch of liars. So whatever you see on TV, you can't believe. He did sing for High School Musical 2. He, yeah, he sang for the rest of them. So I don't know if he took vocal lessons or what, but... I don't think he sang for the Disney sing-along this past week, did he? Yep. That, but I read an article or I read something and they was saying that it was because he's in the middle of nowhere and his video quality wasn't good or something but also maybe he just didn't want to be a part of it oh is he is he near where i live yeah he Um, actually probably is your roommate everyone married this is zach efron so we've got this kind of like really tiny half-hearted veronica plot that's going on at the same time Hiram's, you know, he's supposed to be going to doctor's appointments, but he's not. Instead, he's going to Archie's gym where Archie is like helping him because he's going to collapse. And then Hiram's like, hey, I'm not sick. And Archie's like, I thought you were. And then he's like, don't tell Veronica because she's worrying for no reason. But also, I'm probably sick. And he's like, okay. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The sense that I got from that is like when we first learned about this sickness that Hiram has, it seemed pretty serious and like not like something that you just, you know, go to the doctor a few times and you're all good. So the sense that I got from this plot line is like, he is very sick and the doctor cannot help him anymore, but he doesn't want to let Veronica know that yet. So he's just like going about his life, trying to like grow his muscles to, to beat the disease. Or have some semblance of like routine or what yeah. your life used to be, right? Because when your body starts to deteriorate, it's very hard for your mind to actually let that happen. And especially for someone like Hiram, who's so strong and mighty, you know, letting his muscles go would be heartbreaking or life shattering. Yeah, that's a good point. 
That's a lot more empathetic than I was in this moment. (laughs) Now, the show is leading up to a potential Hiram being taken out of the picture with this whole illness. Oh, no. What will we ever do without Hiram? Okay, but also, literally, what will they do without (laughs) Hiram? They love using Hiram as the bad guy. Like, at any point, they're like, huh, someone's going to be a bad guy here. So, Hiram? So, this is a thing that I think about another CW show. I think about Smallville about because they had a main villain for the first several seasons and then kind of like he I don't remember the things happened there were multiple villains but they all they they had similar like illness sort of plot lines where they got removed from the picture like five seasons into a 10 season run kind of situation Wait, can I ask you a question is is the main villain in Smallville Lex Luthor so Lex Luthor uh, the main villain to begin with is Lionel Luthor Lex Luthor's father and then Lex Luthor and then both of them sort of disappear by like season six ish and then there's like basically they do a like villain of the um villain of the season and one of those villains is uh, portrayed by Jensen Ackles which is hilarious I so. love Jensen Ackles me too and so that's a good season remember he's like six one or something he's always taller than you thought right because we oh, definitely thought he was like that. five five yeah. ten well, yeah, I, thought, we I thought he was like five foot four uh-huh. standing next to um oh what's his name no Jared, Jared, Jared. he's just Jared Pel- he's just like uh six four I think we yeah. looked this up we've already Jared, discussed yes. Jared Padalecki is the only man that tall that I find repulsive <laughs> okay anyway we've definitely already talked about this so <laughs> here's the thing about Hiram that I was going on is like if Hiram goes away I really hope and you guys may disagree I want them to bring the Stonewall kids back. They are some of my favorite characters. Like, they're terrible, but they're some of my favorite villains on this show. Like, Donna, give me some Brett. Okay, but that's actually my theory. I actually think that the Stonewall kids are coming back. Good, I hope so. Well, especially if Betty's going to be in Yale and, you know, Brett made those cheeky comments about oh, them being roommates or Ooh, whatever he said. Be a New Haven together. Yeah. Brett and Betty all in New Haven. <laughs> Can they just use the same set from Gilmore Girls, please? <gasps> I mean, yeah, they probably could. It is. They're both CW, Brett right? is going to just Paris Geller it, and it's going to be like, we were enemies, but now we're friends. Okay. Oh, and then anyway. you can teach her Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of Jughead and Betty, Betty has talked to all of Jughead's teachers somehow, and she's <laughs> basically like, here is a list of all the stuff you need to do, but then you can catch up and graduate. Because as we discussed before, while Jughead was at Stonewall, he was apparently only taking short story writing and no other I think this is from his faked death. I think this is from all the work that he was missing when he was dead. But how long was he gone for then? Two weeks? This was like a four-inch binder that was packed with assignments and things that he needed to do. Like, I mean, I never did a, that many assignments in all of high school. Like, I would say that that binder of work for all of his classes is probably easily a whole semester of work for every class in that binder. And it looks like there was, like, m- like well, I don't know about you guys. When I was in high school, we took four classes per semester. Yeah. And then yeah. we did four other classes in the yeah. next semester. We did, like, it looked like he had, like, ten classes worth of work and a whole semester's worth of each like it looked like a year and a half of schoolwork that he needed to catch <laughs> well, up on we're, we're never gonna be able to understand how Archie and Jughead are gonna graduate but they're gonna graduate so like no let's just Archie on. is not graduating principal honey has principles <laughs> right okay so we 
now what's hilarious is Jughead's missed all these classes. Presumably he's also missed like science, math and stuff. But because Jughead's a writer, all we hear about are like two essays he needs to write for book like history and English. Right. And it's like, yeah, because he's only guys, doing the ones he wants to do. He's still not going to do the science. But why would he have to write a book report on a book he's already read when can't he just be like, here's some essays that I wrote for Stonewall. This should like count. Why didn't they make him do like a lab report for chemistry? I have no idea. Anyway, it's not it's not important. So Jughead's like, look, I'm so far behind. It's going to be hard to catch up. And she's like, you can do it. So then he goes to Charles because got to be solving a mystery. And so he wants to look at the videotapes. And Charles is like, what if the voyeur gets into the houses? And oh, my then, God. Yeah. And then we have our second character in this episode because first we had Hiram. Now we have Jughead asking Charles to lie for him and be like, don't tell Betty. And so Charles is like, he thinks that the the voyeur is a serial killer type criminal, which I think is fair because a lot of times people do move from like voyeurism into like more serious crimes that escalate to murder. Like that's not a crazy- Like exhibitionism. Sorry, no, don't ignore me. Go ahead. What? Like, it's not like a crazy. It's not like a crazy thing to think, because like, there are many criminals where their path starts where they, you know, watch people and then it escalates to violence against people and then it escalates to murder. Like that happens. But like, I just don't understand how they've made zero progress on this. Like, there's nothing about you know how the tapes were filmed or what time of like. How do they have no leads? I'm just apparently the force of the entire FBI is behind this, and they have no leads and i just don't like, understand why didn't they why didn't they when they got the first tapes put cameras on your own house facing outward to catch on video whoever's filming you or at the very least after the second time like if you think it's just a one-off whatever happens again it's like okay maybe i should put a camera and now it's happened a third time and they're just like oh what do we do what if they get in the house riverdale's the town security systems where ring the doorbell does not exist it just doesn't it happen in this town <laughs> And that is why we call Riverdale a wicked little town. <laughs> Boom. Full there circle. it is. <laughs> but see, here's the thing about the tapes, too. It's got the full force of the FBI, but then Charles just lets Jughead take the tapes with him. Like, all of these videotapes? How is that? Like, how is that just okay? It, he just, like, like, grabs the whole bin and walks out with it. Like, yep, I'm just going to check these out. <laughs> He's going to wear out his VCR. Yeah. They make it seem on the show like this is going to take days or at, of work <laughs> to like scrub these tapes. And it's like each tape, I think they said the first time, was like six hours. I mean, tapes like that don't hold more than like maybe eight hours at a max. And that's a fancy tape. Most tapes yeah, hold and four. No, wait. So, think about watching Titanic. Those tapes don't hold eight hours of content. I am saying you can't, you can buy like six hour tapes, but they're, they're like more expensive. Anyway, but so like put it on the computer and push fast forward. This isn't going to take that long. Like, you'll see if something... It's like when we have to yeah. watch the security tapes at my work. You just, like, scrub through. And then when you, like, really fast. Then when you see something, you pause. And then you go to one extra. Like, okay, what happened? Well, I mean, not if they drove on the other side of the elephant. That's a joke for somebody out there. I don't think it was an elephant. It was whatever animal was in Knives Out that they were supposed to drive. Oh, I haven't seen of. that movie. Uh, I heard it's really good. Oh, Knives Out is incredible. You should it's definitely so good. watch it's it. It's my favorite movie of the year. Watch it's, it with Brian. He'll love it. It's like when I was watching Knives Out, I literally was just smiling, like, from ear to ear the entire the whole time because it was so just fun. such a joy to watch mm. i think i saw it three times in theaters anyway definitely recommend oh wow um it's it, a joy. Yeah, it was really great it's my favorite okay not important <laughs> um so <laughs> 
So uh, anyway, then Kevin's like, look, we're going to have this variety show that we've been hearing about. So he's talking to Mr. Honey and Mr. Honey's like, I approve of all of these acts except for yours, Kevin, because Hedwig and the Angry Inch is not appropriate for students and families. And I'd like to just real quick, because we don't need to rant about this all episode. Honey is correct. This yep. is like yep. high school. Like you, I 100% mean, correct. I, it's not. I'd like to make an early nomination for most normal oh, person yes. of the episode. Yep. Yeah, I mean, here's 100%. the thing. Like, I, I, I understand that this show episode is probably like trying to be like no but we're kids and we're free spirited and like we're in the right and you can't tell us not to except you're in school you can't just be like i need to do free speech all the time in the workplace or at school you guys are you're not even adults i mean maybe some of you are but like there are a lot of people watching this and kevin all he's not trying to shut you down or put you in a box he's just saying for this school related event sing a song from a more pg musical not a big deal and the other thing is think about the other two musicals of the dead which are both based on R-rated films. I don't know whether or not the the musicals themselves are also R-rated material. Um, is Heather's R, right? Heather's definitely is, okay. yes. Yeah. It's all murder and drugs and sex. So oh, I and, love Heather's so much. And that's R-rated <laughs> from the 80s, right? Where things, I, I feel right. like people are, are more um, stringent on, on what they put R on now than they were back then. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's vulgar material. And look how great those turned out you know you had a murder at one and then a cult initiation or whatever it was in the second one so it's like he's just trying to be <laughs> sane and keep the school from going crazy right it's like he's totally yeah yeah it, he's he's 100% correct right so there's that and then let's just real quick okay so Kevin's like but the story of Hedwig is like so powerful and blah blah and he's like we're a generation being slammed by crisis after crisis but can you at least agree that Hedwig, the musical, which was written in... 2001. Mm, was that when it was? Okay, 2000... Or eight, 1998 was the first production that I can find here. Okay. But anyway, that musical was not written for Gen Z. Oh, no. Absolutely okay. not. And it's also... Cool. I'm pretty sure it's based on a true story. I don't know how loosely. And I can... like, I feel like there are many arguments that Kevin could have made for like, yes, I understand that, you know, this portrayal is not necessarily like school appropriate. However, we as a world need to be more open about talking about gender and like those those kinds of things like I feel like there's an argument that could have been made but Kevin's argument did not come across well yeah and I will also say that I could also see trying to think of how to describe so like when I was in elementary school one of our talent shows we had a group of kids who were kind of like the smarter kids I guess uh they performed you know compared to everyone else who's singing like uh umbrella or whatever they were they performed a scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And it was entertaining. It was funny, but like most of the <laughs> kids in the audience did not know what Monty Python and the Holy Grail was. It was mostly like for the adults in the audience. I'm saying they were sort of ahead of their time. I guess my point with this is like if Hedwig or if Hedwig, if Kevin had sang a song from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, like even if there is like sexual innuendo or subtext, I don't think that would have been a big deal to do it. Like I think Honey's completely valid in his point here. But I think that much like almost any other musical, there I mean, tons of musicals, Spring Awakening all is, is all about that. Phantom of the Opera, every song is about sex. Like, the a lot of classic musicals have these undertones. It just might be a little more explicit. But you know what also has sexual innuendo and undertones? Like, every rap and pop song currently. So I feel like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if he had just sang it. It's not like they were performing it as a musical for the school. But I also think that Honey, as principal, is completely right to be like, you can't, this is... 
It's not appropriate. Well, and it's like maybe even there was just a different song in Hedwig that would have been like a compromise. There was no discussion that happened at all, which is really frustrating. Like, and that's the problem with Honey. He makes his decision and he draws the line and he's like, nope, that's the line. And I am not open to any changes. He's dealing with all these dumb kids. So then they're just like, I'm mad. And then they don't really react the best either. Because in the real world, kids don't get to always argue their point against against the professionals in charge like uh kind of feel like honey and as principal like cool he would have been a really awesome principal if he had like had a discussion with kevin about it but also kevin you got to know your place here i mean this is all it's cheryl with the with the cheerleading coach all over again well and that's that's kind of what i'm thinking is that the show just continually has um pushback on from the kids onto the parents like think about when penelope was tortured with maple syrup like they're just no matter what these kids think that they have control over the adult in front of them and now we finally have a character that's not gonna well I guess Hiram kind of but like you know Veronica yeah, still but Penelope totally deserved that <laughs> <laughs> okay but still we have all these characters who they just kind of roll over a little bit for the kids but then this one kind of stands his ground more than i feel like some of the other parents do when their children push back on them sure which is why if this was a different show and you had like mr feeney tell <laughs> Corey, sorry Corey and sean you can't perform this song for the prom or whatever they would have been like oh bummer and right. then mr feeney would have taught them a lesson about how it was like appropriate to do it this way and then they would have been like Mr. Feeney you're the best and that's what would have happened we would have learned a lesson about how Mr. Feeney was right all along and then maybe once per season you'd have an episode where Mr. Feeney learns from the kids and he learns to loosen up a little but that's a completely different show okay so um, when are you starting the Boy Meets World podcast as soon as I possibly can she's gonna um, start with the Halloween episode you should do it with Maddie Fresh oh oh yeah yeah that would be a really fun podcast okay so he sings random number generation in the halls okay so there's two inaccurate things about this one that Archie is number one and two that Honey just sits at the side angry frustrated but doesn't do anything to stop it and I feel the same way about Tear Me Down where he just like sits aside and then once the song's over he unplugs the amp so it's like that's that's the only place where I feel like he's not normal or like real to his character but you keep telling me to suspend my disbelief so (laughs) I was saying (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) that's that's what I'm saying like you have to you have to at least give it a little bit of room there to Get the fever dream going. (laughs) First off, the number the numbers on the shirts are the cast numbers based on like the way the characters are numbered on their call sheets. Because it's Archie is number one, then Betty's number two, Veronica, then Veronica. I'm assuming Jughead would be number four. Cheryl's number five. Yeah. Tony was fourteen. Fangs was twenty nine, and Sweet Pea was thirty five. Yes. So the main thing I wanted to mention here is uh, everybody's wearing a blue shirt with a yellow number except for Cheryl, whose number is red because Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> so uh, Archie s- signs up for the, Archies. the variety show. And he signs up using the band The Archies, um, which, yeah, it's a, it's a real band. We're going to get to more Archie talk later on because I, I got some The Archies talking points. So Archie, he's like, he snaps a guitar string and then he goes to his garage where he finds the car. I, I'm not really sure what this whole scene was about. I think it's just kind of like reminiscing over the fact that he, like his dad and like that he used to play music. Yeah, I think, I think it's supposed to be inspirational for Archie thinking back to his dad. And so when he goes to 
of the case, it has a sticker of the Fredheads. So that makes him think about his dad and his oh, dad's band. Right. Yeah. Those Andrews men love to name bands after themselves. Yeah. And and we can, like, the Fredheads thing, we've been through this before, makes no sense in the timeline of, like, how he had a band with FP and was also best friends with FP, but then also swore to, like, not ever hang out with FP after the whole Midnight Club thing, but also didn't seem like they were really friends beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to... It's another continuity error in Riverdale. Who would have thought? Shocking. Yeah. So Betty reads over Jughead's essay and she's like, hey boy, there's like typos and this is really phoned in and there's no thesis. And I thought he was going to get mad at her at this point, but he didn't. Instead, he lies and says that he's going to go to the bunker and work on it. But instead, he's just watching tapes. Yeah, just on one yep. one X speed, just watching tapes. Yeah. And I do feel like we could have gotten a lot more into, like, you can kind of read between the lines and pick out here, Jughead, you know, he went through trauma and he literally just had students or, you know, uh, classmates of his try to kill him. And that's got to be traumatic. Nobody is looking into this or really helping him should probably be talking to someone about this and he's struggling thinking about like probably his future how he's gonna catch up what's even the point when people could kill him at any point and uh you know the only thing that feels normal to him is trying to get into a mystery show doesn't tell us any of that i'm just throwing that out there you're just anyway. inferring like a plot line that makes sense <laughs> yes it's kind of like when so we you know we're doing our rewatch of season two where archie is dealing with ptsd of his dad getting shot and like goes for a second to talk to the school counselor but then doesn't actually go and you know they're not going to the people that could actually help them through these things and not getting the support that they need even though they've been through things that normal teenagers should or typically do not <laughs> have to deal with for sure it's just that that town you know the town with pep but it's also the t- wicked the wicked yep. town wicked. with pep when will they when will they do a musical episode of wicked Ooh. there i mean like so many times have i thought of like you know what would have been a cool musical episode do like grease because i feel like <laughs> oh, could have been really cool or like it would have been um, fun or and West they done story would have been Ooh, really yeah. good yeah for, like, like season two you could have because I, I just think okay you could have done west side story and had like the serpents versus the imagine the serpents coming people. out snapping their fingers I yeah, it want it. That I, it so that great. is the only musical episode I can get on board with. And I feel like there's a lot we could do with like Betty being Sandra D and Archie being Danny Zuko. Like there's just stuff that could have had tension, could have had relationship tension. It's what Glee did all the time of like people singing songs with each other, and then it's like, ooh, do they like each other because they're singing so powerfully? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But also, the people on Glee um, could sing for the most part. Well, mm, you're right. There's that. Uh, so they should have just put Darren Chris on this show to sing the headway yes! songs. Yes. Also, just like in general, Darren Chris should just be in Riverdale. We've uh, definitely had this conversation before as well i just i'm sorry i don't care i love it <laughs> so we have like a tiny little scene with kevin and fangs who are back to friends to get i don't know i think friends no nothing nothing there so kevin's like oh i guess i'm gonna sing a song from oklahoma and fangs is like no go rogue and just sing Hedwig. woohoo and then archie tells his friends hey i signed you guys up for a band they take it surprise 
surprisingly well. <laughs> I would have been a little bit annoyed that he just signed me up without telling me anything. <laughs> also, not loving Betty's like ruffled turtlenecks in this whole episode. Just I don't love that look personally. But I, um, normally I'm high up on her clothes, but yeah, not the, I didn't these. really notice any of the fashion in this episode to be particularly good compared to normal. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. Um, besides Cheryl's red five, I liked. I liked in her plaid skirt. I noticed. I don't know if that was maybe even a throwback to the Heathers. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, that's been. also just trendy right now. So here's Kevin on the announcements. I kind of <laughs> loved this moment. I really liked it. Okay, um, so this is probably my favorite part. I laughed out loud during the episode. It was great. <laughs> I loved the costume. He goes, what's up, Riverdale? Are you trying to tear me down? Well, sorry, I'm the new Berlin Wall, baby. Now get your asses to the music room. Somebody's ass has definitely been in the music room a lot. Hey, Archie. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Hed- uh, Hedwig. Gosh, I keep doing that. Kevin sings a mashup of Hedwig's Lament and Tear Me Down, um, which for all you Harry Potter nerds out there made me think of Phoenix Lament. Just going to leave that on the table. Okay. Um, you Tony know what? randomly playing the drums. Now that yes. you've said that, I realized why you said Hedwig and Craig Shanks. It took me that long for you to talk about. When it happened, you literally said, is that a Harry Potter joke? So I only you because got it. Only because of Crookshanks, but I didn't understand why it was in tandem with Hedwig <laughs> until oh, just Okay. Hannah, Mary, you have to edit that out for Hannah's <laughs> self-respect. I probably will. All right. So in this little band sesh we got going, uh, I'm going to keep calling him Hedwig. Kevin looks great. I mean, we he have- was fully dressed in the costume of Hedwig in full it was drag great. and I was yeah. living. That's the it was one really nice. thing I like like about Katie Keene is that there's so many drag queens. So this felt like a little taste of Katie Keene. So Tony is randomly playing the drums and Sweet Pea and Fangs are like on the guitar and stuff. Like This is fun, but I'm just going to question where did this musical talent come from? But I also kind of love the like reverse Archie's band with these guys. Here's the other thing. Fangs, completely shirtless. Like that's not appropriate for school either, but okay. I mean, the whole performance was forbidden. So the girls are wearing bras with see-through shirts and fangs can't wear a a no shirt with a vest come on (laughs) it's pretty much the same thing (laughs) i I would say this might have been my favorite musical number from the from the episode mostly because it like somewhat fit the plot and also because it just had like kevin's got the most star power out of these peeps i mean he's like wasn't casey caught on broadway i'm pretty Mm, sure uh... he was either on broadway or his brother was on Broadway. he's got broadway in his past i like Um, the idea that if you have a relative on broadway that means that you also have star power and could be on Broadway. All right, let me look this up. Casey, I'm, I'm looking right now. I feel like he was on Broadway. Um, oh, I, that was really hilarious when Kevin kisses Archie too. I was like, okay, you know, just feeling oh, himself, yeah, he's, working the crowd. I honestly, and Archie in that moment was like, every time you bring like a straight man to like a gay bar, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally cool, and, but then they like act completely inappropriately with the drag queens, like, yeah, <laughs> that was what that moment was. Um, he started in Ohio theater. Yeah, he's been at off-Broadway shows. 
off I mean, Broadway. Whatever. Some I mean, theatrical experience. Any musicals or is it just like plays? Prince of Egypt. Mm. I mean. Play Tommy in Tommy. I don't know what that means. Uh, Well, Tommy is a rock opera. If this is what we're talking about. Tommy, the rock opera by The Who. Oh. oh. Okay. I do I assume that's you guys, what they're talking about. This this song was an over, like, I, in my notes, I had like fantastic performance. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, you're, I agree you're that Casey him. Cott does have the star power. I just thought it was really funny to be like, his brother's been on Broadway. <laughs> Okay, so another one. Casey Cott, here's another fun fact, has a friendship with Darren Chris. Um, Casey Cott has appeared at Elsie Fest multiple times, which is Darren Chris's music festival. Okay, so this is deeply off topic, but have either of you watched the season of American Crime Story with Darren Chris? No. I have not, but I know that he did, like, one yeah. major awards for it. He was so good as the serial killer. Like, so good. <gasps> Do but we know then... that he's a serial killer when you start? Yeah, you know, like, immediately. Oh, okay, good. Um, that's not a spoiler. Also, it's like it's like a, it's very is a very famous case. Um, mm. But you know immediately that he's the one who's who's killing people. So it basically starts with like his last murder, and then it like goes backwards through all the rest of them. It's Ooh. really cool. It's very. I watched it with my sister, and it was so good. But anyways, after watching Darren Chris as that murderer, and just like the way that that murderer is portrayed, every time I see him in anything now, I can like see that behind his eyes, and I'm like, I can see how he would get there. <laughs> like even in Glee, I'm like, I could see how Blaine could end up. And exactly, that and place. and just to to tie together a few more things that nobody needed. Um, Zac Efron also played a serial killer in something, and he Darren played Chris Ted Bundy. Also played Harry Potter in Harry Potter or a Harry Potter musical. So full circle. Wow. Harry Potter is a serial killer. Got it. <laughs> Got it. And, and there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of jokes in a Harry Potter musical about Zac Efron. So oh, that is wow. true. Look, there's just a lot. It's all intertwined. I, I would just like to say, for the record. Darren Chris did a really good job playing a serial killer, and Zac Efron was in like the worst movie about Ted Bundy of all time. Yep. Anyways, uh, so where were we in this episode of Riverdale? So now we're at the <laughs> sleepover. The yeah. And he, okay, so which also made me think, man, wouldn't it be fun if they did if they did Grease instead? Good point. Like, oh my god, especially like they pulled out. They even had a wig. They had a wig. Why couldn't it have been a Sandra D wig and just like. I just like, wouldn't it have been funny if she starts singing Wig in a Box and instead puts the wig on and then goes, Look at me. Yeah, but here's <laughs> but here's Judy. the situation. None of those people, none of them have it in them to play Rizzo. Not not one of them. Cheryl. Cheryl's a hard part to play. None of them have I feel it. Like Cheryl no, could Cheryl do it. could not be Rizzo. She's the closest, but she's not there. <sighs> I yeah, none of them none of them are screaming. The only Rizzo one to with the the only one with the star power is Casey Cott, okay? And he's or he could play Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Kyle would be a fun Brizzo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so none, none of them are. None of them are. Kevin Brizzo. is upset because organizing the variety show was giving him purpose, and Honey took it away and makes him feel like nothing. And so, first off, he didn't take it away. He just told you to sing a different song. He, said, he took it away when you yeah. stole the the announcements and threw an illegal concert with half naked friends during a class. I mean, the more Mary's outraged about this, the more I'm on Kevin's side. <laughs> okay, so he took it away because 
before the number or there was some point where where uh honey was like if you do don't do headwood i'm not only gonna recuse you from the variety act i'm gonna recuse you from organizing it as well right and so then he rebels and now it's fully taken away and then the consequence it's like oh well 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 the consequences <laughs> of my own actions here they are do we get to blame can we blame fangs for this because kevin had already yeah, picked out kevin a song from like, oklahoma okay i'll do oklahoma which by the way i really like oklahoma it would have been fine i mean he could have picked a better song but like well yeah could have been fine i don't know why you needed to go to oklahoma like do i like po- song from like chicago yeah or something. i like how to kevin there is only hedwig <laughs> and oklahoma and there is nothing in between yeah like he at least I mean, could have said like I think it would have been really fun if he'd been like, fine, I'm doing a song from Oklahoma. And then he like went into full drag as Edo Annie. And that would have been so funny. <laughs> or if he did Sandra D as Rizzo. Could have done that. You're right. Also good. You're right. Okay. Uh, anyways, they sing uh, this. Okay. This montage. Look, it's fun. Don't know why we needed to go to three different locations. This is not a traveling sleepover. But it's, it's, I a, mean, it's a dream. It is. It's not what really happens, right? Because at the end, they all fall down on the bed, right? So it's not like, it's not actually happening i felt the same way when when they were like moved i was like wait now we're in cheryl's bedroom and now we're in is was that last one veronica's bedroom i think the white one was supposed to be veronica, veronica wait i bedroom. literally don't remember this so also <laughs> the beginning just to make this even more of a harry potter podcast uh the beginning of this scene when they were eating uh, gummy, bur- gummy, gummy bears, bears yeah. I-, I was like this is giving me big like birdie bots ever flavor beans vibes in the third movie when they're like turns into a train uh-huh. um with the vibes it gave me were that my sister and I genuinely try to throw gummy bears in each other's mouths anytime. Do you put them in the fridge together? No, because what do you think I'm going to try to knock out a tooth? (laughs) Cold gummy bears are the best. Yeah, but not if you're throwing them in each other's faces. Like we literally will. (laughs) I don't think a a cold gummy bear should not be breaking your tooth. My sister is on either end of the couch, and we try to get gummy bears in each other's mouths, and we're really bad at it. But then when you get one it's like the best moment ever and you're just so excited and then our dad gets really mad at us and he goes how many times do I have to tell you girls about throwing things in the house that's like my dad's one rule has been no you don't throw things in the house and then he comes out and we're throwing candy at each other's faces and he's like girls what is happening all right. Okay, so then Betty suggests that they just turn the variety show into all Hedwig songs, and that's when I was like, OMG, like just doing Hedwig the musical. Well, no, but that doesn't give enough people attention. So Cheryl says she'll sit down with Honey and make this right. Which I don't... What did she think was going to happen? I like, don't know. Has, has Cheryl ever successfully negotiated with Principal Honey? That's what I would like to know. <laughs> that was my thought, too. It's like, oh, yeah, because the last time you tried to negotiate with Honey worked out so well for you. <laughs> well, she murdered someone. Okay. Wait, when did she, oh, she, yeah, she murdered the... I forgot about that coach. Coach That person. room has got to be starting to smell. <laughs> Well, nobody knows that there's this cheerleading coach office that didn't exist before or after. So they go to Pops and Cheryl and all the other River Vixens sing Sugar Daddy. Is it the River Vixens or is it the Pretty Poisons? It was kind of hard to tell. No, probably both. I think it's one and the same. All of the girl extras <laughs> wearing the... Peaches no, and wearing Cream is probably the there. Vixen costumes. 
they're wearing the outfits that I'm not sure if we've seen these for a while. They're the same outfits actually that they From the wore retro at night? Pops when they did retro night. Yeah, they're like burgundy shorts and then yellow Which baseball we tees. would not have recognized had we not literally just watched that episode. <laughs> You're right. Everyone. For retro night. So, um, so they're, they're singing Sugar Daddy and I'm like, what? What was your plan? Because he's like, yeah, this proves my point. These songs right. are super sexual. Also, this he just happens like, to be on the jukebox at Pops. Of course it is. I feel like Cheryl's plan is I'm just going to sex it up so much that eventually Honey will fall in love with me. And I'm kind of worried that eventually it's going to work. <laughs> because, oh, well, I don't know where this is going. This is like the third time she's tried this. I think that it's because Cheryl has exactly one move. And that's to make things sexual and weird with adults. And she just has so much confidence that she will prevail in her weird sexual goals and honestly like I I admire the confidence but I just don't understand what about any prior interactions with Principal Honey made her think oh yeah this time this time it'll work for me to dance on a bar singing a song about a sugar daddy to my high school principal and the shocking outcome of this is that Honey threatens to bar anyone who performs a song from Hedwig at the at the variety show uh, from prom so that means that will be taken away from them. Which there shouldn't be a prom anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, why do they get died last year? Like, why do they get another dance? I thought Honey was right when he canceled Homecoming. Why is he letting them have another dance? I don't know. They wrote themselves into this corner with all these school murders. Okay, we're just we're just gonna move past this. So uh, my other thing that I was mad about was the fact that they came here and told him their plan. I don't understand. Like, it, they should have just shown up to the variety show and just done the Hedwig songs. Yep, 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 yep. But- or actually, better yet, do what they end up doing, which is just move the variety show. To to one yeah. of the like 10 businesses that Veronica owns. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure sense. she could use Like, the why business. does this have to be a school sanctioned event? I don't know. Probably at the end of the sleep of Veronica was like, you know what you need to do? You need to tell him the plan that we have so that he knows what we intend to do. <laughs> Veronica loves telling people the plan. Assuming that season four actually gets completely filmed, 10 bucks that prom takes place at Le, Le Bon Nut as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call it Le Bon Nut? <laughs> <laughs> yep okay anyway hey, please put that after the music at the end of the <laughs> so there right. we have archie doing some training that it's not involving punching guys this is groundbreaking stuff happening in this episode He's getting his cardio on. Yeah. He's probably just like i can throw more punches per minute if i work on my heart health <laughs> yeah (laughs) exactly just think how many punches he can throw if he's healthier not to be a nitpicker but that's our job there's like four texts from veronica that are like archie my dad fell it's an emergency archie pick up and i'm like you're not calling you're texting him he could pick up if you were calling him if it was an emergency just call i felt the same text that was it's, really irritating. I, to I me. mean, I know that personally when I'm having a really <laughs> bad situation, I just text over and over again. Like, I'll go, Viana, what's the Netflix password? Viana, 
Help! It's it's an emergency. Help! So Archie <laughs> goes to Veronica, and Veronica's like, I don't get it. He was supposed to be getting better. He was going to the doctor multiple times. And Archie's like, hey, he wasn't. He was actually working out, and he probably didn't go there. So look, just one more time. Why is Archie supposed to care about Hiram when Hiram tried to kill him multiple times and sent him to prison? Veronica, stop trying to get mad at Archie for not telling you about this when, like, you should know better than anyone that Archie can't, like, he can't, if, if Hiram Lodge, or as the closed caption said, Iron Lodge, which I like better, if Iron Lodge tells you not to do something, Archie's like, I'm trying not to die here. Veronica says, you're looking at the short term, not the long term, and Archie's like, no, I'm looking at the long term of me not dying. <laughs> yeah, Archie- why, why are we skipping past this? Archie's like, I just want to live to graduate high school with my friends. It's all. It's all. Or just right. next year, so then- graduate. <laughs> We have to get the second argument where Betty finds Jughead looking at the tapes in the banker and, oh no, couples are lying. This isn't good. She's like, I want you to graduate and come to New Haven with me. And then he throws at her and be what? Like your dorm husband or something like that? How does Yale work? So shouldn't he get his spot back from not being dead? And like, shouldn't she get her spot? Yeah, she doesn't okay. get to go. Well, I don't, I don't understand why they're, here's your spot, Jughead. Oh, wait, you died? Even though we have no confirmation of this, here's Betty's spot. Oh, wait, Jughead's not dead? Well, but he's not going to graduate because of all the work yeah, he has exactly. to do, right? Exactly. He's, he's a year and a half behind on school. So <laughs> Yale probably found out about that, like, saw his transcript and was like, he's in grade 10. Like, we can't have him next year. Like, okay, He just turned 16. Still, I'm a little confused of, like, what is Betty's plan? Is Betty's plan, like, I just want you to graduate so that you could, like, potentially go to some college in New Haven? Or is she actually thinking that he's just going to, like, go hang out with her? I'm not really sure, but she lets slip, I'm trying to keep us together or something. And then he throws back, like, what future were you considering where we weren't together? And this is, again, where I'm putting in all of that stuff I said earlier about like what I think is going on in Jughead's head, I can only assume. Um, then they have a very angry rendition of Exquisite Corpse, which we talked about as being like, guys, you little, I know you're not teenagers, but you, you basically are. You little teenagers cannot sing this very angry song. It, it was, doesn't work. Who do you think did the best job at it? I kind of feel like, uh, I feel like ugh. Betty did the best job, but none of them did a good job. <sighs> Betty had like the smallest part. I, I'd have to yeah. go back and rewatch it. I remember visibly thinking Veronica, it broke the song for me where it sounded like too happy. And then um, Jughead, I terrible. Don't know. He it was, was bad. like screaming. It was really bad. I, like I generally like Cole Sprouse's singing in the show. I really okay. liked him it's singing. It's not him last singing. Time. This is not his singing at all. It is so oh, I, overly oh, overtuned. Okay, auto tuned. Whatever. I don't care. That's fine. But I'm just saying, like it. It sounds fine. But this is not. It also just made me think how uncomfortable this must be to film. They're just screaming one inch from each other's face, and like you gotta imagine but then spits going. Just everywhere. imagine them lip syncing it though. <laughs> No. Like it was yeah. silent They're not, in that moment. There's no, there's no noise coming out at all. They're just <laughs> <sighs> like velociraptors. <laughs> They're just like saying watermelon over and over. <laughs> so the confusing part about this song also is Jughead and Betty are both like screaming with the same level of enthusiasm at least by the end. But like Jughead's the one, I mean, because they're sort of equal parts arguing. Mm-hmm. Like they came into that fight hot and they were both like yelling so much and they're slamming things around where I thought they were going to have sex by the end of it. I really did. Like I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those like fights and then makeups immediately. Whatever. Except not because 
I was already spoiled on the episode. And then whereas whereas Veronica and Archie, Veronica's a little bit ticked off and Archie is supposed to be like, hey, hey, don't get mad at me. So like their level of enthusiasm was super off in this song. But now we know that when you're mad at somebody, the way that you tell them you're mad is by shoving things off of flat surfaces. I just, I thought I mean, that when I you do. shove things off a flat surface, it means you're going to bone on that surface. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I said. That's why I was like really confused. So they're, they're arguing and it's super weird. So then Honey is called into the hallway and everyone is like dressed up like Hedwig, but notably Veronica, Archie, Betty, and Jughead are not here. This is just like one of those classic like, when is this taking place? Is this during school? Why aren't they at school? Why well, is it nighttime they, for them, but not for school. everyone else? Anyway. So everyone's dressed up. Honey's like, okay, Hedwig, this kind of mentality is making you guys hotheads, which leads to unpredictability and anger. He's basically like, hothead leads to unpredictability. Unpredictability leads to anger. Anger leads to violence. And violence leads to the dark side, is basically what he's doing. And then he says the variety show is canceled. So like, NBD. Was that your impression of Snape? Were you channeling Snape during that? No, that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be, um, like, Yoda. Uh, what? That was a what terrible was Yoda. It was, I'm sorry. It wasn't a Yoda. It wasn't an impression. It was just like a. Is that is it Yoda who says that or is it? I don't know Mace because Windu? I don't watch Star Wars because I hate it. It's one of Star Wars guys. You I don't said remember. Yoda. Anyway. <laughs> well, I don't remember if it was actually Yoda who says that line. It probably was. But I wasn't then you trying said to do an impression. Star Wars. I'm so confused. <laughs> no, it is Star Wars, but I don't remember. I, it wasn't really an impression. It was more just like a statement. Well, I Look, should surely okay. hope that was not a Yoda. Impression. All right. Anyway, so Archie in his garage, Betty shows up. Rehearsals have been canceled because of the arguments. Betty still shows up. Bad state. (sighs) Like, can we skip this? They sing Origins of Love and they have lots of flashbacks to season one, where I will say, didn't notice it, but like they do look a lot younger in season one. Well, yeah, it's been years. This show has added at least 10 years to all of them. And us. Like, taken 10 years off of their lives and aged them 10 years. Like, I feel like I was such a youth when Riverdale (laughs) season one was airing. I was so young. I had all this opportunity in front of me. And now it's season four of Riverdale. I'm just locked in my house. Especially if some of the stuff is from the pilot, (sighs) because pilots typically happen, like, sometimes a year before you shoot the rest of season one. I don't remember how much of it was from the pilot or not. So we have to talk about this because this is the thing that everyone's mad about, right? More than just the musical episode. All right, so here's the thing. I understand what they're going for with this. I get it. And for any other teen drama, this would be completely fine because in dating and like relationship drama is very, very common among CW shows as we've talked about to like a ridiculous extent. The problem that Riverdale did was it created couples that were so dependent both upon like real life chemistry, real life relationships, and what the fans liked, that they box themselves off from being able to do a lot of that relationship drama. And they also have filled the show with so much mystery and murder and all the other stuff that it kind of doesn't really leave room for that. That because you did this, you wrote characters into these like relatively strong relationships that means when you get something like this, even though all of Archie comics is about Betty and Veronica fighting over Archie, when you throw that in four seasons 
seasons in, at the end of the fourth season, people are gonna be upset that it feels very off for the characters. Yep, and it's um dumb and bad also. Right, so I <laughs> was introduced to this, like I said, before I saw the episode, from a tweet from Lily Reinhardt, which says, some food for thought. You don't have to agree or support Betty's choices, but she's a young girl and she's figuring herself out just like everyone else in the world. And sometimes people do bad things. Okay, thank you for saying bad things, but I just want to like make sure it's clear here. Even in high school, and even if it's just a kiss, cheating on someone is not an excusable reason for being like just young and trying to figure themselves out, in my opinion. I mean, I think that's fair. It doesn't matter how old you are when the boundaries of your relationship are that we are monogamous to each other. It's not okay to break those boundaries. If they were just like seeing each other and it wasn't like, oh, we're in a relationship. Sure, whatever. Kiss whoever the hell you want. I don't care. But when you have committed to somebody that you are going to commit to them, just like try to stick with it. I can understand why it would maybe be harder when you're like 17 and your hormones are like, just don't. I don't know. It's not even the cheating that makes me mad though. It's that Archie sucks so bad. Like if you're gonna cheat on your boyfriend, can you at least pick someone who's hotter than your boyfriend or better than your boyfriend in some way? Like she just downgraded. It's just bad. Like she's just in crisis, you know? I have been preaching all season that I felt like there was a lot of tension, especially from Betty's side between her and Jughead. And maybe I was reading into it, but like it felt like he was being distant and not paying as much attention and that she was doing a lot more of the work in the relationship and in everything about their lives. I still stand true by this. I think that was there, whether it was intentional or not. But, you know, and for everyone who's freaking out that this is the end of Bughead or whatever, shows do this all the time. Oh, it's not the, it's not the end of Bughead. It's not the end of Bughead and a sucker for, you know, teen dramas like myself. I, while I didn't like this from a character development standpoint, I did like it from an entertainment standpoint. Ooh, wouldn't it, it's gonna be cool. You could have a whole episode built in around Jughead being very insecure about the fact that, like, he's always felt a little bit like Betty was too good for him. And then, you know, the second they get in a fight, she runs back to Archie, which is hard for him because, like, that's his best friend. I don't think the show's really gonna get too much into that because they've got so much other stuff going on that I I feel like it's gonna be a one scene, one episode kind of thing, much like all the other breakups that they've had. It's kind of frustrating because you could do a lot with this if you wanted to, uh, but, you know, whatever. People probably write fan fiction. Even with the fight, right? I mean, they have the one scene where they fight and then they have the one scene where we get the cheating and then there's immediately after that, both of the other parties come back and apologize for their actions and seem like level-headed and, you know, are still committed to the relationship. We get that instant, oh, okay, right now they're reconciled in some way, but now there's that still tension and I feel like it's not going to be very long into the next episode to where it comes out that there was a kiss between Betty and Archie because things like this don't last very long and like you're saying right they could build it out and and have more development but it's not probably going to happen <laughs> it's not what Riverdale yeah. does yeah and and it's it's a little hard too because if it was just that they had a fight and then Archie and Betty leaned on each other and they shared a kiss that's not really that big of a deal but it's the fact that we had a ton of flashbacks to season one and season two their previous kisses and the previous character of Betty who was obsessed with Archie we saw both of them looking at photographs of each other that they have particularly the ones that Archie had he had like three photographs of in all of which Betty is just doe-eyed looking at him in the photograph which is fine because that was their previous relationship we understand that but this comes across a lot more especially after their like fake romance that they had in the previous episode um in episode 16 I think or 
might have been 15, might have been 15, whichever one they were faking dating. And we saw at the end that they were like sending text messages to each other that seemed definitely outside of the role they were playing. When Archie like typed out like, you can kiss me anytime and then like deleted it or whatever. Like, ugh. and, And I understand that like they're in high school. This is someone that Betty had a crush on for years and years and years. And that feelings may arise a little bit when she gets to kind of play relationship with him. I get that, especially when her boyfriend is in a fight with her. I get well, that. Well, and like you said, the, the tension has been there, right? It's been building up. Sure. So I, I, I completely don't feel like this is out of character. What I do want is I don't want this to be like the other fights where it's been Betty kind of half-heartedly apologizes and they get back together. Betty, I feel like she did make a big mistake here and she should have to pay for it in some way in her relationship with Jughead. I don't think that it's going to be like an immediate bounce back. Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if Jughead and Veronica just never found out and it was just like a secret guilt that Archie and Betty had to like hold inside of themselves and they just it just like eats them up. Well, and that's and that's other stuff that teen dramas have done where it comes out like seasons later. I would say I'd be more confident in that if this was a show that looked like it had about six more seasons under its belt, but it looks like a show that might have one to two. So I don't think I think we have to assume that it's going to come out earlier. This is not the first time that Betty and Veronica right have had some drama over boyfriends or kissing and what else. So, you know, you even though they're not the best of friends and there's so many times where they go weeks without talking to each other, it's like there's got to be some repercussions you would imagine from that side as well. Do you think Betty is going to order Veronica the fancy cupcakes from New York? From Magnolia? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So I also think it was a little much that, I mean, Veronica apologizing to Archie makes sense because Archie did literally nothing wrong for the most part. In that, I hate to be an Archie no, apologist here. No, I mean, here, they both like, did something wrong because he went along with it. Oh, no, uh, the kiss, yes. But I'm saying, like, the in fight the between oh, Archie yes. and Veronica. I feel like yes, in the Hiram situation, I feel like Archie was kind of, like, Archie what really, was he going to do? I mean, that was such a weird manufactured fight because they wanted the two couples right. singing the song and then Archie right. and Betty to kiss. And yeah. they were like, hmm. What can we do to cause this? And so they just threw together some trash and we're like, here's an episode of Riverdale. I almost would have rather not had the fight between Archie and Veronica, not had them singing, and then yeah. having the kiss between Betty and Archie be a one-sided thing that Archie, you know, I mean, you could have even had Veronica walk in at that moment. You could have had a lot of different things happen where Archie actually didn't really do anything. I mean, he let her kiss him, but like didn't, uh, it wasn't as much of a two-part thing. I feel like that could have been more interesting because Archie could have also been mad at Betty for the situation well but it is it's it's both of them right because we saw the lead up uh, from the previous episode and right afterwards they have the longing moment with the window so they both they both want it is what we're getting i yeah would like can we like just mute hannah for like three minutes for bringing up that window moment and using the word longing like she's grounded That was really hard. I don't even think I put that moment in my notes because it was too much for me. Oh, they sing Wicked Little Town Reprise yeah. and Archie and Betty are... I do kind of like that they're wearing the no. same outfits from episode one. I know. Okay, season one, episode one, they're wearing the same outfits and they're dancing and sort of intercut with flashbacks. It's... A, I don't... I mean, I don't like the moment, but I do appreciate the digging into the, the storage for the costume. Well, and so here's the, the thing for me was like, I got that it was a flashback from the homecoming or that whatever that dance was in the beginning like they didn't need to have the flashback in it as well it's like yes we get it they've had a history you don't need to throw it in our faces if you had better writing we would remember (laughs) no they have to throw it in our faces because they want us to be miserable Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we head over. I don't When did this happen? Let's see. Okay, so um, 
Veronica says they're going to do the variety show at the Speakeasy instead. Archie and Benny's. Oh, we already did that. Okay. So we oh, go I like to. How, Le- wait. I like how Hannah's like, and they have a longing moment through the windows. And then Mary's note that says, Archie and Benny stare at each other through their <laughs> bedroom windows. Which is just like two very different energies towards the same moment. <laughs> Um, see, I mean, okay, but see, here's the thing, right? We got to the moment that I said was terrible, right? We got to the we got to the fight and the Archie and Betty, and now this whole like the whole vibe of this podcast has completely shifted because that's when the episode shifted and <laughs> grew terrible <laughs> to me. I mean, it was always terrible, but I respect <laughs> your opinion. Uh, All right, <laughs> so we're at Le Bon Nui Variety Show. Bon yes, nice. I did pronounce. Lebone nut earlier. I'm never, I'm literally never going to get over Lebon nut because it's just such an easy thing to say by accident from your notes. Like it's totally reasonable that it would happen, but then all I have to get is, oh, the good nut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Principal Honey would not approve of this. (laughs) Okay. Do you like in my notes where I wrote the Archies perform I Try and then I wrote JK, they sing Midnight Radio? That's pretty good. I try being the song that Archie wrote yes. back in uh, season one. Um, do we still have those lyrics? <laughs> yeah, let me just pull those up real quick. <laughs> um, let's see. It probably season honestly might have been better than this song. What episode was it? Do we know what episode mm, it was? Three, two, five, any of them. Um, let's see. <laughs> might have been three. What was the other song that he sings that's like so bad? With oh, the it's the one with the uh, teacher beckoning. Yeah. You're reckoning, reckoning and reckoning. <laughs> you are beckoning and I am reckoning. <laughs> Y'all keep laughing over this. I'm just going to look for my lyrics. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Hannah and I have major like laugh contagion from each other in uh, general. Like yeah. there's just something about Hannah laughing that makes me laugh. <laughs> Well, and the fact that, like, Mary's just not having any of it. It's just like, yeah, Mary's oh. just like, okay, uh, what episode? And we're like, hee hee, beckoning and reckoning. They rhyme. Get it? Oh, wait, no. Isn't he singing it when they go and they're, like, looking in the woods? Oh, for yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. When yes. they find the yeah, drug that's car. Later. That's later. Oh, yeah. right. Maybe try um, um, 11. Maybe, like, 10? episode 6 or 7. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Now. No. Hold on. Archie Pussycats. Oh, I'll try. Variety show. Oh, hey, look, another variety show. So in season one, episode six, Faster Pussycats Kill Kill, Archie auditions for the variety show singing I'll Try, and this is when everyone's mocking him. Okay, what are the lyrics? Oh, also Archie and Val sing I've Got You (laughs) in that one as well, and Veronica calls him a ginger Judas. Let's see. Okay, I'm trying, though I'm turning the page. We're animals breaking out of our cage. There's nobody, no one no way who gets me like you do that's the song he sings with val and then okay here we go here's i'll try can you hear me am i drowned out in the crowd are you listening or is everyone else too loud for you to hear anything are you just gonna walk away because there are so many things i can do but instead i'll say i'll try i'll try to let it go let it roll right off my shoulders i'll try to let it go and never look back 
back this way. So in case anyone has not listened to our season one podcast, you really should. And you would know that we all like to try like an Andrews man. You you gotta try like an Andrews man, but maybe try a little harder than them if you're writing songs. I don't know where that reckoning beckoning song is, but we're just gonna do it. That was like one of the first couple episodes and it's fine. We We don't need to look into it. All you have to know is that it's about having sex with his teacher and he rhymes reckoning and beckoning, which are good rhymes. (laughs) And honestly, I'm just surprised that he knows words with that many syllables. (sighs) I kind of want to find those lyrics. No, Mary. That must have been episode two. I feel like it was like right at the beginning. It was really early because it's like it's because the first couple episodes are where he's like really trying to show like I'm a songwriter. I'm picking music over football because I'm <laughs> different. It was too because it was after Betty it, Betty uh, doesn't have a chance with Archie because he started kissing Veronica or something. So I found an episode. I found an episode too. Some song lyrics, but it's not to the beckoning reckoning song. I don't. Maybe I just didn't write them down. I mean. And it that just hurts. Sound like you. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like you, and it hurts. However, I think maybe it's for the best, and people will just need to listen to our season one coverage if they want to hear us laugh at Archie's songwriting in that way. So back at Labon Nut, Labon Nut. So yeah, they go to do the variety show and they perform together. And the greatest moment of this is that this is, I think, the second time in the series that a song gets performed on the roof of Pops. There we go. But like only half the song, they were up there. So like, did they sing half the song and then like move all their equipment up? No, they unplug everything. And it's just now, it's the recording. Um, we're supposed to believe that you can still hear Jughead drumming from up there, even though there are no drums. Archie doesn't have an amp, but you can still hear the guitar fine. It's all good. But I feel like they only choose terrible songs to sing from the roof of Pops. So, you know, whenever they're up there, you just know it's I mean, not going to be great. great. Milkshake is a good song song but that performance of milkshake was horrendous i like just the what what they did to that song was frankly (laughs) a hate crime and again you can listen to our season one podcast if you want to hear us talk about it more (laughs) so that was season two but yeah so i so in like a year you can listen to us talk about that one (laughs) right Maybe two. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but this is like reminds me so much of when I was in middle school, me and my sister and our neighborhood friends, we wrote a play called It's Not Easy Being Brie. And this <laughs> like the cheese? And that was the main character's name. Oh, okay. No, no, it's just the main character's name. Her name was originally something else that we changed it to rhyme with It's Not Easy Being Mean or Me or something. I don't remember. Anyway, so we had this plan for how we were going to perform it. And this is before we discovered video cameras, because once we discovered that, we we were like, oh, we'll just record it as a video and make it into a movie. Never was made. We did write several songs and we did. It was basically Mean Girls. But you did make uh, Jane Bond. Yes, this is not Jane Bond. But so when we were, but this is before, before we made Jane Bond, we were going to write this play. It was a musical. And our concept for how people were going to view it was that we would perform it in multiple locations around the neighborhood with like chairs set up and like you do one scene in one place and then like walk the audience over to the neighbor's house and they would sit back down and watch it again. And this made sense in our mind. So it reminds me of this song where it's like, hey guys, we're going to sing and now everyone go outside and wait for us to relocate up to on the roof to sing it again. <laughs> what I do want to point out about this band is, so the Archies, the band, uh, is is a real band. It's a it's based on, it's a, it's a fictional band that made real songs. 
like based sugar, on the animated sugar. TV show, The Archie Show. Right there, and then and J- Jingle Jangle, which oh, is another right. great song. Right. Uh, actually, great. I will recommend. Go ahead and recommend all the songs on the Jingle Jangle album are all really good. I highly recommend. Um, Mary needs a um, intervention for her jingle jangle addiction. <laughs> Everything's all right. She's putting me through changes. Justine, uh, whoopee, it's like Joe Lee, but for the Archies. <laughs> Get on the line. Justine, That's a good one. Justine, Justine. Nope, different song. Justine. Sen- Senorita Rita, Archies Party. All, ra- all a really great song. Oh, we heard Archies Party before. Yes, Archies yeah. Party and Jingle Jangle have both been played in the background of Riverdale songs episodes episodes it's a little annoying that the band is not exactly what it's supposed to be archie is supposed to be like in in the actual band the archies from the cartoon archie is a singer and plays guitar reggie is supposed to be on bass jughead is the drums betty is percussion like the tambourine and singing and then veronica is singing keyboard and so i didn't like that they like swapped out reggie for kevin i know it made more sense in the show but like they dropped cool out to veronica see them actually because they didn't have a bass player right i they they gave Veronica's keyboard role to Kevin. Well, yeah, but, but Kevin it should have been in the Reggie in the band. In the canon of the show, Kevin does play keyboard, as in the Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting performance, where he pops right. up like a little whack a mole. <laughs> and Kevin is is sort of a more consistent, closer to the main character's character in the show, whereas Reggie is a little bit more friends with Archie in the cartoon. Well, and version, this whole episode so. is supposed to be about Kevin, so it's like I think it's an understandable switch. I feel like they didn't really. I don't know. It, it was as true as it could be with putting Kevin in there, right? And then Reggie just wasn't. Poor Kevin Keller gets like two scenes per season and a musical episode. Yeah, but <laughs> Kate, kind of here's the thing. Character. Kevin's the only one with the star power. You expect them to just You're exclude right. him from the Archies? You're right. Okay, so now we've got to talk about the end of this episode, which I'm just going to say up front. Oh, This is terrible. the scariest thing I've seen on Riverdale. It's the it was, scariest thing I've seen on yeah. Riverdale. It was, oh, very uncomfortable. A, a close second is all the times we saw the Gargoyle King just show up randomly that no, was wait, this scary. was way scarier this than is that. way scarier though let me read the speech real quick that he's saying while he's on the roof so jughead says there's a problem that comes once you get caught up on your homework your mind wanders and evil creeps back in was the voyeur somewhere among us in the crowd playing his long game turning the temperature up ever so slowly so that by the time we frogs realized we were being boiled alive it was too late and he's saying this while sort of scanning the audience looking for looking at all the people who are recording this performance yeah and then he goes back to the banker and yeah. he's watching more tapes. So he's watching tapes. And so a tape comes up and on it, someone has made masks of Betty and Jughead that look very much like, the, it's like ri- the Riverdale masks, like from the comics. Well, yeah, it's like the Archie comics. Like the Archie masks. comics yeah. masks. And it's the person wearing the Betty mask, like hits the Jughead mask guy in the head with a rock a bunch of times. And it's like and then holds extra it up. creepy. Yeah, it's like extra creepy because of the masks, like because they're like those masks are terrifying yeah the masks are really terrifying if like i know they're supposed to be like fun cartoon like cutesy but i don't care what they were doing in that video anytime i saw those masks bone chilling no and then the fact that they put in like any sort of violence with those masks horrifying like literally i was like i might have a nightmare but then thankfully i didn't i definitely think the point of the show was saying like we're gonna put in these very recognizable masks from the characters but the fact that they're in this dark forest setting that we also know could have easily been right outside the bang bunker that's actually what i thought we were going to yeah. see was like jughead walking 
by in the background. Right. Also, the whole time you're watching this, you expect, just based on the tone, for that person, the Betty Mask, to, like, come down behind Jughead in the bang bunker and, like, hit him on the head. Like, I was expecting that. Something about the open mouth smile of the Jughead mask and the fact that he's sort of, like, like panting. I don't know how to describe it. He's kind of, like, vibrating up and down a little bit. And then the Betty person coming up behind him. It's very, very unnerving. And so, okay, this is what made me think maybe that Stonewall is coming back because that's what I thought too allusion to the like issues that they were facing with Stonewall and with the like attempted murder of Jughead at Stonewall prep um and like the woods yes they could be right outside the bang bunker but they could also be right outside Stonewall well and the question here is where did this tape come from like where did Jughead find this tape was this because I think here's a couple things it could have one been in the stack of tapes that maybe Charles put in maybe that like he stuck it into the stack of tapes and he was very gung-ho about Jughead going and searching through them and maybe it just happened to be the last one he got to maybe it was or or my second guess is it was one left outside the bang bunker for so something that was curious to me though was that when it started right when you first see it it's a blank right it's just the woods and then the Jughead figure pops up and then we come back and the Betty is like creeping up so I almost thought that potentially it was a figment of his imagination it the that the that, re- that recording didn't actually theory. happen. Like it, it was actually just a blank tape, but then he saw those things happening because it looked like at first there was nothing there and then we flash back to it and then there were the figures there. So I think he's just going crazy. I mean, I think it could be a combination. Like I, I do think that's really interesting. I My first inclination is still that like there's some sort of Stonewall element that yeah. hasn't been fully closed. There's something there that we need to know and find out right. about. This was the scariest thing Thing I've seen on Riverdale by far. And the fact that it's videotapes also lends itself to Stonewall because we know that Brett has, like, they have videotapes of other things, right? Ooh, so we. Brett loves taping stuff. Yeah. That's a good connection. Yeah. It's, but I thought he was just a pervert. So oh, for it was sure. very much a cliffhanger and it was very great. I mean, we can say one thing for sure. The musical episodes, they always end in something terrifying. Yep. Which is just another reason to hate them. <laughs> They're so scary. The added element of Betty cheating on Jughead and Betty still being a suspect in his sort of murder case situation is interesting. Yeah. But like she's is not that a suspect. still a case? Well, she no, no. I guess I guess what I mean is like people are still going okay. to be trying to get Jughead to think that she was involved in some way. I mean, she definitely was present. You know, I guess what I mean more is it's interesting to have this. Jughead having some I mean that tape is clearly trying to show Betty being the one hitting him with a rock and it's it's some sort of element mm. of suspicion of she's involved in this situation and, th- and that could add some suspense in their relationship and eventually break them apart I, I just I think I'm annoyed that they had the Betty character cheat after you know a pretty solid relationship that was going on here I'm going to be more upset if they somehow make Jughead continually suspicious and angry at her and that somehow is going to have us on Betty's side. I don't think that we... I don't, I don't like well, that. Well, and I think potential. too, it's it's one of the things to think about with the relationship is going back to the fact that both her and Archie did like equally cheat on their partners um, and, and, you know, and and betray their best friends by doing this. So I, it wasn't just solely Betty that did the action, like even if it seemed like she was the one initiating something. But I think this is on a different note, but something that Jughead mentioned before their fight was like about having his brain bashed in. And I think that is an interesting 
idea that we like we haven't really talked about much where the aftermath of having the concussion or whatever happened right from yeah, I mean, having he the rock on a serious head. injury there right and yeah. so you know there's got to be some some side effect from that <laughs> yeah i'm i'm just like very much at a loss and then very curious how they're going to wrap this up to end this season well and and like i said I, my preference would be just give us i'd rather wait for a conclusion than have a rushed conclusion that doesn't tell yeah, the story you're originally like, planning on telling edit together based on the footage they have i'm not interested yeah, in that i'm fine i'll, I'll take we took a mid season break for the winter i'm happy to take a mid season break for the summer and come back to season 4 in the fall even if it's a couple episodes of season four and then a couple week break and then immediately into season five, I'd be okay with that. Or just put these episodes at the beginning of season five. Doesn't doesn't bother me. I'd rather have that. Okay, Wicked Little Town, obviously song title from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. We discussed a bit about Hedwig earlier. I know we mentioned this in other episodes. They don't really say much about it actually in this this episode, but Hedwig obviously is a musical, rock musical about... I think it's like, it's like based off of like a real woman, I, I I believe but basically like the premise is that Hedwig has a like sex reassignment surgery which I'm not sure if that's the correct terminology but um the surgery is like not done properly and like an angry inch is left behind is like the whole premise yes it was also a film like they mentioned in the show it was a rated r film in 2001 and we've mentioned many famous people who were in it you know I know it's been around for a while I did not hear about it until Neil Patrick Harris I think was on Broadway, I think was the first time that I heard about the show itself. A, let's see. A German immigrant living in a trailer in Kansas is the victim of a botched sex change operation. Adaptation from the critically acclaimed off-Broadway rock hit theater, Hedwig and the Angry Inch tells the story of internationally ignored rock singer Hedwig and her search for stardom and love. Okay, cool. So do we want to go ahead and just say that the most normal person of the week was Mr. Honey? Yes. Yup. Hands down. Co-signed. Literally, I can't even give it to any of the other parents because Hiram, Hermione, Skeet Ulrich, and Machen all sang. And yeah, I realize I used some of their character names and some of their actors' names. Sorry, that's how it be. Yeah, it really do be like that sometimes. Yeah, if Hiram hadn't sang, I would have considered him, but he did, so I will not. Okay, so we have one close but no cigar, actually. Yeah. In the sleepover scene, they talk about ordering little Cesaro's or Cesaro's pizza. Cesaro's, little Cesaro's pizza. Yeah, obviously little Caesar's. Yes, even though Cicero's Pizza is also a pizza chain, Little Cicero's is definitely just a play on yeah. Little Caesars. Uh, it's so a pretty lazy close but no cigar because they just combined two different places to get pizza into one thing. Um, yep. But I'm counting it. It happened and I had that like flutter of excitement when, oh, there's a close but no cigar. Yes. We also have a new iTunes review and I want to read. Ooh. Yes. So Tim Heeb or... Hell yeah. Tim, I'm going to go with Tim Heeb, said better than a private bank. Anchor. Oh, that's I, um, I didn't read that title before. That's great. Uh, I only watch the show because of the podcast. Although Mary and Kirsten have made this podcast for me, I'm willing to share it with the world. <laughs> if you want to smile and laugh, listen to this podcast. This so, is, thank you, Tim. That's Tim is at what up Tim on Twitter. Yes. And I think that there was a situation where he had like tweeted some sort of thing. And I was like, what? You think we do this just for you? <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> So thank you, Tim. You are great. One of our correspondents on Twitter. 
If anyone else wants to tweet at us their thoughts on Riverdale, please do. It's my favorite. That's really all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. While we are all in quarantine, I have been trying to go through some old podcast stuff. So like I mentioned earlier, we got out another episode from season one. Really trying to get through that season one stuff. We may or may not have made a promise in one of those episodes that we were going to do something in between season one and two. We'll see if that happens or not. Guess what? May or may not. It'll happen at some point. We can bounce checks on Kowski Cast, okay? <laughs> We're allowed. Just like we can bounce those promo codes. Ooh, ayo! <laughs> Um, I might watch the movie Associated simply because I am bored. We'll see. We may do. We may or may not have a bonus podcast in a couple of weeks. We're not sure. Uh, it might be a couple of months. We don't know it could be when years. I'm going to get these it episodes out. It could be out. decades. Like, could be a long it time. It could be where Mary and I lose touch. And then when we're old, wrinkly ladies, we reconnect to do a bonus podcast. <laughs> yep. So according to Wikipedia, um, let me scroll down. Riveting. professionalism on this yeah. podcast <laughs> knows no bounds <laughs> all right so the next episode it says is slated to come out on april 29th so we're gonna have a two-week break before the next episode wonderful hopefully that does come out um lynchian that's the name of the episode no information there also this comes as no surprise we all guessed correctly that the episode wicked little town was going to be the musical episode so i mean if any of us had argued against that i think we would have been pretty dumb fired yeah <laughs> yep so you can follow us all online you can follow the podcast at kowski cast or kowskicast.com that's cow with a k you can follow me on every platform at frown mary you can follow kirsten everywhere at kirsten said what and you can follow hannah on instagram at hannah the dot exe two n's one h and hannah does anyone else have anything they want to talk about anything they want to plug yes if you are like so many of us falling into the netflix wormhole during this quarantine time. You may or may not know that there is a new show called Too Hot to Handle about a bunch of sexy idiots who are not allowed to have any sort of physical affection or it, it minimizes their prize money. I will be covering this show on Rob Has a Podcast with the first episode being recorded with myself and Rob Sesternino and Nora from season 39 of Survivor recording very soon. So keep an eye out for that. I think it's going to be really fun. Again, that's over on Rob Has a Podcast. Hannah, you got anything to plug? <laughs> Nope. Nope. Okay. Awesome. Got anything to share? What's your favorite board game? Uh, my favorite board game. Yeah, done any puzzles? I haven't done any puzzles, <laughs> but a new board game that I got for Christmas is called Villainous. It's a Disney game, and you play as a villain, and each person has their own individual uh, task that they're doing. And another really fun one that I don't personally own, but I have enjoyed, is called Flatline. It's a dice game, and you have to work together to resolve patients using the dice. And it's so it's interactive wow, and co- cooperative and a fun little game to play you can play with at least two or two players on both those games actually so well this is great i i'm so happy to hear the recommendations because i love cooperative (laughs) games just like this cooperative podcast that's a lie we all know it's my podcast I mean, as if I cooperate at any point in time. I think you've threatened to quit at least three times. I threaten to quit at least three times a week. And Mary's like, I don't care. I can replace you in an instant. She's like, what? You think you're irreplaceable? Just try me. Yeah, she sings Beyonce in her head all day. (laughs) To the left, to the left. 
<laughs> all my podcast equipment in a box to the left. Box to the left. If we're doing recommendations also, I just read a really fun trilogy. It's a young adult mystery trilogy and it's called the Truly Devious Trilogy. And it was really fun. And if you like teenage murder mysteries, which I'm assuming you do since you're like two hours <laughs> deep on a Riverdale recap podcast, you should read. It's the Truly Devious Trilogy by Maureen Johnson. And the first book is a little bit hard to get into, but it's really good. And I didn't solve the murder, but I think I was pretty close. So you shall try it and tell me if you solve the murder. This is a fun new segment we have here, recommendations. I mean, I feel like during quarantine, it makes sense to yeah. like, recommend stuff. <laughs> here's here's what I'm going to recommend because I didn't get to. Uh, I have recently converted my sister into a challenge fan. So if you are not following the challenge, go ahead and jump on that. It's on MTV. You can watch, uh, depending on your cable provider or certain other things, you can find the episodes for free on MTV.com. Uh, go ahead, jump in with this season. You could do some light Googling to figure out who some of the cast members are but it's really not that important uh so far only three episodes in but it's, it's a good it's show a fun so far so far yeah fun season so highly recommend that um all right everyone we'll talk to you again in two weeks bye i'm mad So then he goes to Charles because gotta be solving a mystery. Harry Potter is a serial killer. Got it.